Hello and welcome to the podcast, Are We Nearly There Yet? My name's Professor Andrew Sherry and I'm interested in people's journeys to discover who they are and what they're made to do. We can all learn something from other people's stories, so join me on another adventure. Be the best you can be and and give people just the um, realisation that there are opportunities out there and they are for them, not for others. Today I'm talking to Rebecca Weston. Rebecca is the Chief Operating Officer at Sellafield Limited and is accountable for programme delivery and performance on the nuclear site there. She lives in West Cumbria with her wife Tanya and toddler Max and what spare time she has, Rebecca is a triathlete and a fell runner. So Rebecca it's great to see you and I bet you've been making the most of this sunshine that we're loving at the moment. Certainly have. There are some advantages uh, to living in the, the Lake District when the, the weather's like this. It's fantastic. It is. I gather you've been out on the fells and also out on the water over the bank holiday weekend. Yeah, Max's uh, fourth birthday last week. So he's uh, now done five Wainwrights uh, and the first kayaking trip uh, out on current water. So it's, uh, as you say, it's great when the weather's uh, on your side, but You've got to get on with it anyway, uh, is what I've learned um, living in the Lake District for a few years now. Exactly, exactly. Well, you're starting him young, which is great. Um, so you grew up in Skegness. What was life like when you were younger? What was the young Rebecca like? Where to start? Uh, I mean, um, Skegness was a great place to, to grow up. And uh, I get two reactions when I tell people um, where I'm from. And one is usually a, 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 a giggle. And, and the second is that somewhere in Scotland. Um, it's, it's not, it's, it's uh, the original Butlins uh, was, uh, was Skegness and, and actually that very much characterized kind of childhood memories in, in some respects in terms of uh, day trippers and holiday makers and therefore uh, lots of things to do in the school holidays and lots of summer jobs, um, not particularly salubrious ones to be had when I was, uh, sort of growing up and uh, trying to fund a university education. <laughs> of course. I mean, Skegness, I do think of holidays, so I imagine it as one long holiday, but I can't imagine it was all one long holiday and sunny sunny days on beaches and things like that. But so so, tell us about you at school. Were there particular things you enjoyed? What, what sort of characterised your school life? Uh, school life, I think, was uh, pretty much playing as much sport as I possibly could. Uh, so really really into um sort of uh, activities uh, be that hockey netball i would have loved to have played a lot more football than i was allowed to uh and uh, these days um women's football and women's sport it, it's so great to see that equality of of opportunity and in, in that regard but uh that's what I, I really sort of wanted to spend all my time doing um but that said, I, I was a good student as well. Uh, I, I did uh, sort of pay attention in class. Um, I liked most subjects. Um, I, I uh, ended up heading, picking up the, the sciences, but in many respects, that was because I, I thought I needed somebody to help me learn those. I could teach myself everything else, which was a, a <laughs> an, an interesting sort of approach to take. I, I guess, but uh, but no, I mean, I 
do look fondly back on uh, on school actually uh, in in terms of the opportunities afforded and uh, and ultimately I thought work hard and there's a there's a there's a life to be led kind of beyond beyond Skegness and uh, that was getting out of Skegness was something I was focused on for uh, a good few years. You moved away uh, and and did physics at, at Oxford so was did you always have that in your mind that you'd like to go to Oxford or Cambridge or and, and what was it about that that attracted you? No, not not really. It, it certainly wasn't always in my mind. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I still think that that's probably one of the, the the biggest opportunities that I was I was able to um, sort of take and and grasp in my in my life. It really made a, a massive difference um, going to a, a university like that from. The, the small town I, I guess I, I grew up in and just opening your eyes to kind of what's out there and the, the people you meet um, and, the, and the opportunities that it, it just affords. Um, it really, really did uh, sort of change and sort of characterise my life. Um, I guess I uh, always wanted to, to go to university um, in order to sort of qualify and get a, get a good job as it were, I suppose. Um, my real ambitions actually were, were not physics at Oxford. I wanted to be an astronaut. I was going to get sponsored by um, the RAF to do engineering at university, become a pilot, head over to the, the US, join NASA, and, and, and that was it. Um, my eyesight's appalling. Uh, I'm incredibly short-sighted. Um, so uh, that, that was uh, fell at the first hurdle. Um, so, so, so physics was very much a kind of, well, what can I do while I work out what I want to do with the rest of my life? Um, what will give me uh, a wide range of options that will be, a, if you like, a no regrets option? Mm, yeah. And, and how did you find Oxford? Because it, those I know who've gone to Oxford, they've sort of said it is light in at the deep end and it's pretty intense. Um, you know, the, the volume that they, they get through, the speed of learning. And of course, you're, you're with others who've come in from all over the country, all over the world, in fact, you know. So, you know, being really good at school, all of a sudden you're mixing with other really good people as well. How did you find that uh, that sort of um, first term? Fascinating, great, loved it, um, but challenging. I mean, you're right with all of that, uh, Andrew. I mean, just, um, it, it really is, you're, you're in the mix with, with such high caliber people and and I mean I, I guess that I guess to some degree I expected that I certainly didn't expect to be the best um certainly wasn't the best by any stretch of the, the imagination but I, I suppose um like with the, what I've tried to do through a lot of my career just really try to embrace it um again sport's a great leveler um and having some uh capability in 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 that arena is a really good um window in not just to um, university life. I, I joined um, a number of the university-wide clubs, but particularly Oxford and Cambridge, Durham, the, the college um, setups key. And I mean, I, I'd never rowed before. Joined the. I, I managed to um, join a college that was one of the, the top rowing colleges. That shows you just how little I knew <laughs> what I was getting myself into. But but um, that's a brilliant sport uh, in terms of uh, sort of making friends and camaraderie and. Uh, and that and that kind of thing and and something completely new um from the off as well so so yeah um 
loved it from from pretty much the first minute. That said, that's not to say it wasn't uncomfortable um, for for good portions of that of that first term, and and certainly um, I do remember that step from almost school to the self guided um, learning and the expectations that are, that are put on you is um, very much in your own hands and. Uh, and that, that's that's very much uh, you, you see people take many different paths um, to to that. So yeah, yeah. So it it sounds like you could make the most of the you know the kind of academic side of things, but also the sporting side. So what tell us about one of the sporting highlights for you while you were at Oxford? Uh, so I, I finally got to play some of the sports that I really wanted to to play uh, sort of earlier in life. So I I joined. Um, the women's football team. I joined the women's cricket um, team, and I, I played hockey as well. So, I mean, uh, I ended up being a triple blue. Uh, so, managed to play all those three sports at uh, in one year at, at one time. So, perhaps just gives you a, a bit of a flavour of the balance I struck between uh, academic sporting and, uh, and and social life. And I, I think some of my fondest memories, really, of, of university life are. Um, I don't know that some of the listeners will know kind of Oxford University parks perhaps, but um, spending the, the summer with in the cricket nets uh, or, or playing five aside and uh, and a bit of work. But it, it actually, if you do know Oxford well, the uh, the, the physics school is uh, borders right on there on the side of those um, parks. So that, that's some of my my fondest memories from from that time. Oh, sounds lovely. And so then, as, as that was coming to an end, the undergraduate at least, you you then faced with a with a choice: what am I going to do after after Oxford? And, and you decided to stay on and do a PhD, but an industrial funded PhD with with Bonus Machine Company. How 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 did that opportunity come about, and 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 why did you grasp it? On that transition uh, from from Oxford, uh, I mean, I I guess from Probably while I was still at school, I was intrigued by doing a PhD. There was something that really appealed about doing something that no one else had ever done before. And I guess that's still the unique nature of, of PhDs. And I suppose in the back of my mind, I'd always got my, my heart kind of set on doing that. And, I, and as I say, I, I was by no means sort of top of the class at Oxford, but, but I, I could have... Um, I was asked by uh, one of my tutors to uh, think about um, staying on for a, for a PhD and I, I didn't end up staying in, in Oxford. I ended up um, applying for uh, for industrial sponsored placement up at, at Newcastle University, actually. I mean, partly because I wanted to move and, and, and actually see another part of the, 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 the country. And um, but equally, I also really wanted to do the research, but I also really wanted to to get into kind of industry. Um, I, a lot of friends that sort of stayed in um, sort of academia and it would have been great for a while. And I, I still sometimes wonder what life would have been like had I chosen that different path. You think of forks in the road and that was, that really was one for me um, in terms of making that decision to, to move away from Oxford, go to Newcastle and really step into kind of um, much more of an industrial um, sort of focused world it was a engineering um focused phd so I, I split my time between the engineering and um mechanical and electrical engineering schools in in newcastle and and uh, the the gateshead um business park um so uh Bonus machine company made textile machinery of all things but 
um, it was all that they were really uh, looking at pizza electric applications or, or actually anything that would, would give them a, a really controllable uh, movement of, uh, of the thread. Uh, and what are all the new technologies sort of associated with that? So, so that was essentially my PhD, sort of play around with Pizza-electric, magnetostrictive, all types of uh, sort of materials. I'll, I'll play to some of your uh, sort of background. My world. <laughs> Please don't ask me any hard questions about any of those. Should we go back to that PhD viva? <laughs> but um, but the best bit really was that balance of uh, the the academic and a lifestyle, but also really starting to get um, proper work experience. I mean. It was an SME, probably about uh, two, three hundred people. So I was pretty much um, on site, taking some of my designs, getting them drawn up, then buying the electronic parts around the corner, soldering them together in the workshop, and uh, popping out onto the uh, onto the operations line. And uh, no PMPs or, or or anything like that um, involved at at that time, but. In a small organisation, you really do get to do everything, see everything, um, and I, I think that's that is an ethos I've kind of, I think um, others may say different, but I think I've taken with me through my career that can do that um, thinking about all aspects of, of of jobs and roles and um, talking to all sorts of different people to get things done and getting on and doing it yourself. So then you start at BNFL and you're working on fuel performance codes and doing analysis. So not so much hands-on, I guess, quite more theoretical and code-based. So how did you find the trans... And, and also you're, you're moving from research into more, I guess, application and, and running codes and understanding what's been happening. How did you find that transition? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I've done a lot of the kind of running codes, design design codes, kind of ANSYS, the, the, the sort of final um, element analysis and, and sort of designing some of the, the, the circuit boards and, and things as well. So that was a it was a big that analysis piece was a big part of my, my PhD, um, the fuel performance side of things. Uh, it was I joined the MOX business, essentially. It was it was it was basically the the early um, fuel performance um, analysis. And my role was. There was an element of the codes piece, but there was a good chunk of it, which was really around getting the material out of reactor. Um, so standing on pond side in uh, Besnau, um, reactor one in, in Switzerland, watching the fuel assembly come out. Um, and then the, 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 the rods um, pulled for uh, transfer to Karlsruhe in Germany, and then uh, turning up at Karlsruhe to watch them kind of chop it up and, and so on. So I wasn't doing all of that, but but getting to see all of those kind of parts of uh, the, the sort of nuclear sort of capability and then and then taking those results and, and analysing those. And then so that was the physical results that we then compared to the, the kind of modelled results. It was a it was it was a, it was quite a rounded, a rounded um, sort of role. And uh, and actually the international kind of element, really lucky in that sense, uh, jumping straight into a a role that had a lot of European travel and and indeed further afield within a within probably 18 months I was I was doing sort of technical um, missions out to um, Japan uh, for potential sort of customer visits on uh, fuel performance uh, of MOX fuel that we're um, potentially putting in in the reactors so so it, it 
yeah, very different, um, but uh, but a brilliant, um, brilliant role to 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 go into. Uh, and, and I uh, guess you're you're sort of getting stretched in lots of different ways. You know, you, you you're looking at you know international dimensions. You're being sent here, there, and everywhere. You're you're on a reactor. You're in hot cells. You're running codes. What do you think you sort of learnt about yourself in terms of your strengths and, and and weaknesses during that time? Ultimately, it's uh, I mean, I couldn't have envisaged being in those kind of um, scenarios when I uh, sort of either when I took the job at BNFL, certainly not when I started university, certainly not when I was when I was in school. But I wasn't fundamentally a different person. I, it, it's ultimately about. Um, looking at a situation and 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 essentially embracing it what am i what am i trying to achieve what do others want me to to achieve in in this and um the kind of classic of don't be afraid to ask <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that is a big one and you were clearly enjoying it i mean the way you talk about it the words you're using it, it was thrilling for you yeah it was it was i mean it, it does go back to that that point i was saying i mean the reason i wanted to do a PhD no one had ever done it before I mean we hadn't this would this was the kind of um the the UK mocks mix that I mean ultimately people who know that story will know it it hasn't ended well but um the uh, the base product it was a bloody good product quality product um and some of the work we were doing was was groundbreaking some of the um some of the fuel performance uh, that it it um demonstrated uh, well, it, let, let's say some of the uh, advanced uh, uh, accident tolerant fuels would be proud of some of the performances that this uh, this achieved um, sort of today. Uh, so breaking that new ground, I mean, that, that yeah, really exciting, really exciting. Um, and yeah, I think I could quite easily have continued to, to, to have a career in, in that vein, but equally exciting was, uh, BNFL was uh, constructing uh, the Solarfield MOX plant, uh, and my office was just across the the link bridge from from Thorpe, and and uh, wander through Thorpe, and you, you got to the the Solarfield MOX plant um, that was that was under construction, and uh, really back to that kind of um, need want um, to pleasure I suppose I, I got from kind of seeing things into reality um, I, I basically asked if I could get involved in the um, in the completion of uh, the, the commissioning well the commencement of uranium commissioning and and stepping into um, into um, sort of for uh, commissioning and, and operations of, the, of that MOX plant um, and uh, yeah what an opportunity I mean I've done a few few courses at um, at Newcastle on experimental design, and then I suddenly found myself designing the uh, the, uh, the the commissioning program for how many runs of uh, sort of uh, mocks we needed to demonstrate qualification parameters. Now that that's a time when I thought I'm not qualified to do this. I've only ever done this on kind of like buttons and things in a kind of um, design experiment in a, in a class in in sort of Newcastle Uni, and now I'm doing it for a ex million billion pound project and they're going to take what I say is that's how many you need to do to demonstrate to the, the customers what the qualification is I mean I found that bizarre that that um that that was uh, 
I was being asked to kind of propose something in in that regard. Mm. But you've always seen the sort of person who's happy to step outside the comfort zone, if you like, and be challenged in fresh ways and kind of step up and step forward. You know, I wonder whether that, whether, I don't know if some of the sport and the competitive nature in you sees those opportunities as, as something to be stepped up for and to get really go for, you know, almost in a competitive sort of way, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I was certainly very competitive when I was younger, when playing sport and that, and, and things. I, I mean, I, I never really thought it, it, it kind of translated into to work life like that. But, the, but that, that theme of almost striving to be better, um, striving to do new things, striving for, for new challenges. I, I mean, definitely, definitely an element of that, um, Andrew. And uh, I mean, I, I do like to, to think I'm in, uh, not quite in the twilight of my career just yet. I'd just like to make that point for everybody, but um, certainly uh, some experience under my belt um, now, but I, I do like to think I've, I've still got that hunger. I've still got that drive to, to, to stretch myself out of the comfort zone. Um, I think um, in some respects that it, it's a reason I'm, I'm still at Sellafield. I, I find the challenge incredible. Um, I find the complexity that just just is uh, yeah is uh, is addictive in some respects uh, in in terms of uh, really uh, wanting to to make a difference uh, to to really solve the problems that that are in front of me on a day to day basis and uh, I think I do need to just uh, reflect that that's not going to be solved by one person in one lifetime and uh, and 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 how um, how do we really kind of set everybody else um, that, that's following on sort of be, behind me and uh, the current uh, sort of cadre that are looking after it to, to, to be successful? Absolutely. Because I was just looking down your, your roles and this sort of thing about striving and stepping up and um, stretching yourself. So you were operations support manager, which I guess we just talked about. And then you went into contracts in commercial. You've been strategic authority for plutonium management, head of technical in MOX, uh, uh, into the integrated change program. You've done an MBA as well, and now you're on the executive, you know, and had a number of roles on the executive. So it has been a story of stretching, of challenging yourself, of seeing the opportunities uh, and so on. I just wonder in, in that sort of, you know, it's a great list, you know, when you, you look through it and you see how you've, you've progressed in your career, whether there's sort of a, a moment within that, that that sort of had a had a really marked impact on you and and, and your career when when you when you look at that that sort of story. There's certainly a, a pivot point, um, probably in the, the middle of my career, where I, I was really being pushed down a, a very much a, a sort of technical route. Clearly got technical credibility, and and uh, I mean I still still. Um, it's a big part of kind of who I am, I, I think. But um, there really was a pivot point where, as I say, I was being pushed down a particular route and I, I really wanted to, to stretch myself, um, challenge myself. I thought uh, I could do, um, I really wanted to step into the, the, the general kind of operations arena. Uh, and I, I really pushed for a um, what was at the time a head of operations um, role uh, and really taking that that role, I mean, I couldn't do the job I'm doing today if I hadn't have, have, have taken that that step, uh, I don't think. Um, but that really was the point at which 
I kind of made that decision. I'm at, do I want general operations? Do I want the, the leadership um, challenge or do I want the, the technical leadership or, and, and really uh, sort of making a, a difference in that arena? And it's never black and white, but that was, the, I suppose, the, the point at which I picked that, that path and has probably led to, to me being in the role I am today. And it was, it was also one of the best roles I've ever done um, in terms of uh, the challenge of holding that duty holder accountability of a nuclear site license um, at the age of, I forget how old I was, um, early 30s, um, responsible essentially for the largest civil plutonium stockpile in the world. So it, uh, it was a, yeah, it was a, it was a great job. But and then in some of the oldest facilities, with some of the most committed, but not always the easiest to manage um, people and, and teams. Um, so a, a significant sort of um, management challenge for me, as well as um, delivery and operational and, and ultimately strategic challenge as well, because at that point we had no um, plutonium part of the business. Um, we now have a special nuclear materials value stream and it's a huge part of the uh, the future mission going forward, but at that time it was a it was essentially an add-on um, to the reprocessing um, parts of the business. So so breaking that out and creating um, the forerunner for what is now one of our value streams was was one of the things I'm most proud of in my career. I'm just thinking the other thing you did during your, your career, alongside all we've talked about, is you did an MBA, which I guess was was sort of part time or alongside working. How did you find that balance of studying and and did you find it a rewarding and a helpful experience? Uh, yes, I did. I did uh, hugely. Um, I mean, I, I suppose I've, I've been conscious um, throughout my career to try and keep learning sort of throughout. Um, and and I guess. Uh, a lot of letters after my name, as indeed not as many as you. <laughs> um, we just keep but, learning, right? <laughs> well, we do, we do. And but uh, I was conscious I didn't have, if you like, the business qualifications. I was, I was really keen to to add a, a more um, generic business kind of uh, focus. And and in some ways, um, I wish I'd done it a bit earlier, to be honest, because you you do kind of. You realise you were broadly on the track with intuition, but uh, actually some of the, the, the formal education might have been helpful sort of before, though I'd be glad to say it's a decade ago. So it's like it has it has proven uh, valuable um, in uh, in kind of serious um, sort of leadership roles. But um, but yeah, um, I mean, when I finished it, uh, looking back, I have no idea how I sort of fitted everything in. And I, I think a lot of people feel like that. And I, I mean, there was a, it was an executive program. So the, we were all um, senior business leaders, um, international program. Um, I don't know, 40 different nationalities in uh, about 50 different individuals or something, something daft like that. Um, and, and that was one of the reasons I did want to do something like that. I conscious I'd been in the organization a, a long time, even at that point, and always very conscious about getting different points of view. Uh, an external perspective have uh, been described as an insider with an outside perspective and that, that's something I was actually really quite proud of because it's so easy to be so insular when you've been in an organisation for a very long time 
it's another reason why I did things like um, volunteer and join the Nuclear Institute um, to, to broaden the, the network, not just the, the professional development that comes with that, but just to get that, that uh, benefit of, uh, of others' views um, uh, elsewhere in the, the industry. But, but no, the, the MBA um, was, was fantastic, actually. Uh, some, some great opportunities kind of arising uh, from mm. that. And and the other thing you're passionate about is this sort of community element, community development. You know, um, I guess around site. Uh, uh, and tell us a little bit about about that dimension. Yeah, so I mean, common to, to many nuclear communities, um, obviously, uh, tend to be rural, tend to be sort of coastal sort of parts, and 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 therefore tend not to be in the most um, affluent or um, area or economically sort of beneficial kind of parts of the, the UK. So I, just, I, I guess um, I've always thought it important to, to sort of look outside the fence, look beyond the, the job and what's the, what's the wider societal benefit that can be um, delivered from or in the field sectors as being there. So yeah, it's, it's an important part. I think, it, I think it stems a little bit as well from kind of my upbringing. And, and those of you who have been to Skegness recently will or know quite how deprived kind of the areas around it are and, and that really is a, a lack of diversification and, uh, and and indeed any industry of, of any description so I mean I, I do think that the likes of uh, Cumbria are actually blessed because uh, they've really got the opportunity to, to, to build and diversify on what they've, they've got here but um, but no that, that's an important part um, for me I think it's it's something that can make a a real difference and I mean it's a it's a huge team effort um, across uh, well community groups um, local government uh, the local enterprise partnerships that I'm a, a board member of here in in Cumbria and and business as well and that that relationship with industry and and um, local government to, to really sort of benefit society I mean you really see government sort of um, taking that seriously now but uh, I do like to think that um, we've been doing that or had that focus for for a little while because we've always felt that's the the right thing to do or certainly on a on a personal level um, absolutely absolutely so looking back I'm just thinking of you at school with all of the sport you were absolutely loving <laughs> um, and, and doing a bit of work as well very successfully you know what do you think would be your your one piece of advice to the younger Rebecca I think it's uh, as simple as uh, have confidence in your judgment. Having self-confidence is is in, important for for everyone. I mean, it talks about the community work, but the other the other work I'm passionate about is is aspiration and uh, and belief in in young people. I mean, I've I've been um, a part of an organisation called Centre for Leadership Performance for the best part of the last decade, and that's really around. Uh, creating um, leadership capability in the in the local community, uh, and, that, and that's really just about um, be the best you can be, and and give people just the realization that there are opportunities out there, and they are for them, not for others. Um, and I, I think that that's something I didn't see a lot of when I when I was growing up. Um, and, and I mean, I was I was in a better position than than many with very supportive parents um, and uh, a, a good circle of, of friends. But it, just look at others who don't have that support network, and they're equally as capable. And and how how, how do we 
kind of even that playing field because that's what will level up the economy um, if we can get that aspiration and, uh, and capability um, and people realising their, their potential. So creating that self-confidence in, in others. I mean, so that's the, that's the advice I'd, I would give myself and pretty much uh, every other young person. Um, have that confidence in, in your own judgment. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really, that's great advice. I might, might pick your brains on that at, at another time because there's another thing that, that uh, that could be really helpful for. But Rebecca, I mean, thanks so much for your time. Your time's so precious. And I know you're going off into another meeting now. So it's been great talking to you. Long may you strive and develop and push your push yourself to even greater heights. And 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 the impact you leave, you know, throughout your career it just makes a difference, you know, on the site and in the community and within the UK nuclear sector. So thank you for what you're doing. Long may you continue doing it. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you, Andrew. enjoyed this podcast to help others enjoy it too please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and don't forget to rate and review thank you